0: Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Deutsche Grammophon's international podcast series. I'm Sarah Willis, and I just love podcasting with the Yellow Label's star-studded cast of musicians. My guest today actually needs no introduction. His voice is so recognizable that if you just hear him say hello, you would probably know straight away who he is. He is one of the most celebrated singers in the world and has become a household name through all his media activities. My mum is so excited and so am I that Rolando Villazón is my guest today on the Deutsche Grammophon International podcast series Rolando Bienvenido. <laughs> Muchas
1: gracias. Hello, hello.
0: <laughs> it's true. My mom almost passed out when I said you were coming on the podcast. Ah, that's fantastic. We need to
1: send her a little present and hello, a special hello to your mom. That's
0: so lovely. Welcome, welcome. In these strange COVID times, it's wonderful that you you came to Berlin. We are in a studio with the proper distance between us and special microphones and, and we're keeping as healthy as we can. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in these times, as good as one can be as concerned as one should be, and also trying very hard to do whatever one can do in order to fight for culture, fight for theater, for concert halls, for the musicians, for the singers, so that people, we all know, but is it clear to all of us and to the authorities also, uh, also that art, music, uh, theater is not luxury; it is a necessity and it's an essential part of who we are and a, a present of our society to ourselves.
0: And also for for us musicians, what we do—it's not just a job; it's our entire soul goes into this. And and in the times when we weren't doing any concerts, thank goodness, now at the Berlin Philharmonic, we're we're back playing a sort of concerts, um, not for big audiences, but just the times without performing—it was it's hard for the heart. Well, you know, if anything, I think
1: this situation and this crisis is helping artists all over the world to appreciate very much or to reappreciate the wonderful chance and the beautiful thing we have as performers as a job as and a profession I think it is normal as well that it can come a point where you go from one engagement to the other and then you say oh now I have to sing this or now I have to play this or now I have to do this in these days it's like please give me anything I'm, I mean I jump in I'm missing it I love it and so come to the podcasts. yeah <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> no I totally agree I will never stand on stage and not a hundred percent appreciate the applause ever uh, again you know you realize how much you you miss that mm. when 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 it's not there and a real live audience so performing
1: with others and you know making music the energy that comes from your colleagues the harmony the the melodies that come together and suddenly that all that is gone and these are all other possibilities that we're trying to do here and there and it's not the same and so yeah it is it is beautiful as as I say, to re treasure that and also to know that uh, it's coming back, that we need to remain objectively positive and that it's coming back. We'll be back.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot of wonderful listeners on this Deutsche Grammophone International Podcast Series who, who have joined us from all over the world. Welcome to you all. And this lockdown time actually has brought us your new album, Rolando, together with Xavier de Maistre. It's called Serenata Latina. And actually a big tour was planned with it. Wasn't it? How are you managing all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we actually have performed already five or six recitals. We recorded it. We started recording it right before the first lockdown. And we had to stop because of the lockdown. And so we met again right after the end of the lockdown and finished the recording, which was interesting because in the meantime, it allows us to rethink and to listen back. And many things were re-recorded yeah. in the second time. Really? Like what? Yeah. I mean, some of the songs that we had already done, I think Alfonsina Yelmar was one of them. Uh, Violetas was another one. And I think finding the right colour, for example, for my voice with the are finding the right dynamic the, between the two of us, this is a duet. Harp and voice come together in such a way that there is no accompaniment. And uh, Xavier de Mestre, that's—I mean—he's absolutely amazing. It's not only uh, the voice and harp that come good together, Is Xavier the master playing the harp and the voice that come, that come very well
0: together. How did you find each other? Where did this idea come from? I mean, I have to say that we had
1: met years uh, before when in 2005, I'd made my debut in Salzburg as Alfredo in La Traviata and the Vienna Philharmonica was playing the score and there is only one moment for the harp, and it's the serenata that Alfredo gives to Violetta behind the scenes. Xavier de Mestre at that time was the solo harpist of the Vienna Philharmonic, and we performed there together. He reminded me of that. When he and I were drinking a coffee, Uh, he called me and he said, I have an idea for an album for a project. And uh, we sat together and he explained me that he was very interested in doing this project of Latin American music. He had performed the harp concert of Ginastera years ago. And the widow of Ginastera was present in that concert. And she came to him and she said, you should arrange some of the songs of my husband for voice and piano to voice and harp. And so I think that 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 remained in his mind. Eight years later, he said, okay, I have an idea and I will contact Monsieur Villazón. At the same time, I have to say, I was performing with piano uh, songs from Spain and Latin America. And so it came really at the perfect moment. From there on, we started looking for the music and exploring which songs, which cycles. And the beautiful thing but I should let you ask a question and stop talking oh, that's so, so that's how we met that's how we met
0: you could just talk for half an hour that's fine with me it's absolutely fascinating I love listening to you talk I can't actually quite believe that you're across the table from me as I said you know you're a big very popular in my house um, so and we've actually only met sort of very briefly I think at the Staatsoper once but never properly in person but sitting opposite you it's like I've known you forever which is which, which are the best guests yes
1: he <laughs> well, sitting <laughs> also, in front of you, it's like I know, I follow your all the things that you do, and plus, you know I also come regularly to the to the philharmonic.
0: and dear listeners i just have to add here that rolando has just admitted to me that the horn is actually your favorite instrument may i even say that or one of your favorite instruments is that politically correct
1: yeah politically no 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 i can say that it's it's probably my favorite sound from a, from an instrument it's i love if, the if melancholy it goes right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i also love it when it goes wrong because it's very funny yes so. I, i'm glad you find it funny <laughs> Yeah, it depends in which moment. Oh, it goes, I tell uh, you, the
0: beginning of Bruckner 4, you do not want no. it to go wrong. Uh, <laughs> there have been moments on stage where I've just wished the ground would open up. Because and swallow. It just, it's just such a difficult instrument. And you really, I mean, you can do everything
1: right, and suddenly something just is out of there because. Simply inside of the instrument, there was maybe a little bit too much humidity, exactly. too much of that. That re- usually it's not there, and but so voices
0: it, voices are the same. They're the, incredibly sensitive.
1: I, I think in that we can relate absolutely because you do all the all the right gestures, all the technical movements, and then you don't know if. Due to reflux or due to uh, you know a little cold or t- change of temperature, something is in there inside of the
0: vocal cords in between, and there's a little phlegm, and whoop, then there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, we call it a keeksa, a split note. So I think tenors and horn players can split notes. I yeah, think we I think we so. are we are related <laughs> in that. <laughs> okay, back to your wonderful album. Is this the title, the Serenata? Then a little nod to the where you and, and Xavier met, if you met play a serenata it's a lovely idea to think that that you're continuing this although you've done other serenatas before as well
1: yeah but this is the first that is called like this I've sung serenatas as a young man in Mexico that's what you do you you. I mean I, I've sung many serenatas to my wife who was not my wife at that time and you bring a mariachi and you would sing at two in the morning or one in the morning and you sing until the light of the window comes on and, well a lot of people and, would have
0: thrown water maybe over you in
1: Mexico no because we are used to that, so we know that okay, somebody's to... because you know at some point maybe you will get a serenata, you will be giving a serenata, so we have an understanding. So you don't call the police, you don't get angry. Uh, that's how you get the girls
0: it. in Mexico. You go and sing a serenata outside their window. Uh, uh, yes, that's a lovely. Bit, yes. I mean,
1: you, that's that's something we not everybody does, but yeah, we. I mean, I sang I sang serenatas for friends who wanted to go and sing for their girlfriends, and so we go there with guitars and we sing. And I've asked my friends, come on. It's now your turn, and we go. And so, that's what you. Do. But you also do it for in mod- on Mother's Day. You all get together, and from twelve o'clock till six in the morning, go from one house to the other singing a serenata for God, brass two, players. Yeah, happy only, birthday!
0: <laughs> brass players only tend to sing serenatas when they've had a lot of beer. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, the beer is also part of the serenatas. <laughs> but I also would love to say yes. That's why the name of the CD "Serenata Latina" as as a memory of the first time that Xavier de Mestre and myself uh, performed together. But no. That's that's not the truth. <laughs> okay, that's, that's I, a coincidence.
0: Okay, but it would have been a nice story. Xavier did all the arrangements himself, as you said. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. He called you, and you—you you just mentioned you've been singing with piano, you know. And there's a huge difference to have this 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 beautiful, very light sound of the harp. Sometimes it sounds like you're singing with a guitar. He's, his colors are so fantastic. Um, is it how different is it to play to sing with a harp? Do you have to sing louder, softer, light, lighter? I'm, I mean
1: I have to adapt my the color of my voice, the dynamics, but not uh, uh, it's not a negative thing. It's on the contrary, it's a beautiful thing. I think I've discovered some colors in my voice. The music we perform is mostly written for, for piano and voice. Some is written for guitar and voice. And I really believe that what Xavier achieves is the best w- world from piano and guitar together. So it is richer than the guitar and it is softer it is sweeter than the piano it has then the acoustic quality of the guitar but with a with a firm quality of the piano altogether and so the colors he's able to create with that are beautiful the arrangements i must say i mean arrangements in the in the popular music in the folk music like alfonsina y el mar or like llorona There, he has added some things. We have explored what else. In the piano and voice, he basically plays one-on-one what the piano score is adapted for the instrument. So that, of course, he then, that's why he arranges so that it is in the harp. But it's the notes that are in the score for for the piano. And so I've been having a wonderful time recording it. And in the recitals, you know how it is with us musicians, the more we do it, the more we discover things, the more it becomes new, the more sun- and then once the recording is done, it's like, oh now I would ha- I would have loved to do this in the recording because now it's this, but this is the beauty of the live performance. It's wonderful that we have a long tournée still to go and, and many projects in the future years. So I re- I'm i very excited to continue doing this. this, Some, this sometimes
0: house. it's after a long tour, you think, okay, now I better, a promotion tour of a CD and, that, and then you say, okay, I better go back and re-record it after the tour. <laughs> now because, I'm ready to yeah.
1: really record it. But, you know, the good thing is we did a couple of recitals before. We did one in Moscow. And so that gave us the sense of where we wanted to go. But it's never enough one, two, three. The moment you do 10, 12, you go, ah,
0: now it's really it's boom. fascinating watching Xavier play. I can imagine at the recitals, you know all the the audio just just watching him play he's such a beautiful human being, yeah uh, you are of course, as well, Rolando <laughs> of
1: course, my eyebrow co- is competing to the beautiful <laughs> uh, against the your, beautiful xavier de Mestre. <laughs> your
0: your eyebrows and and his rowing arms yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're a very
0: beautiful team, I must say
1: <laughs> no no i mean he's he's really. Uh, a, a, not only a, an extraordinary musician, but also a wonderful colleague. He's a good friend. We've had good time uh, spending time together after the concerts, before the concert. And really, the work together, putting together the pieces, rehearsing before the, uh, the the recording started. You know, I I went to his flat in in Paris, and we spent a lot of time choosing songs because not everything actually was good for voice and harp. And the good thing is we were in the same page. Immediately we then, after finishing a song, we look at each other and eh, it's like the skepticism and they're like, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> so how did you choose them? Not only because the voice fit to the heart, but they are they are Latin American songs that really cover the whole continent and most of them are pretty sad, actually. Yeah. And if you, like, if you Google most popular Latin American songs, you get uh, Oye Como Va yeah. or La Cucaracha or beza Me Mucho. You don't get these sort of songs, but they are absolute classics. I mean, my eye went, of course, to the, the Cuban songs immediately and I've discovered colours and I've discovered composers as well because they, they weren't composers that, I mean, a normal horn player would actually know. I well, mean, uh,
1: are composers a normal tenor from Mexico would know, actually. So how did you the find thing. them? I mean, there's,
0: uh, there was a research.
1: I I have a collection of songs from Latin America that I have been interested because, as I said, I was already performing this programme with piano, which in the first half was De Falla, Obrador's Monpou, and in the second half was already Guastavilla, and Ginastera and Revueltas. And a couple of th- these songs that I was performing with piano are in this in this CD. But we wanted, of course, a complete new repertoire. And so it was simply a research. And there is an enormous amount of music composed by Latin American uh, musicians that uh, how can I say it was art songs these are art songs and the goal to for me for both of us in this cd was in this album was that one cannot realize which ones are the folk songs and which ones are the art songs because the nature of the art songs is well they they go into the vast world of the folk music they drink from it and then they transform it into Art music. But the essence of the folk music is there. And as you mentioned, a lot of it is sad because the essence of the Latin American continent is nostalgic, is sad, is a struggle. It's we live through tragic times, not only today, but for centuries. It is a tragic story, the tragic of the Latin American continent. And the beauty of it, we are able to achieve and to create the cucarachas and the Oye Como Vas and the many that we have here, because we have La Bikina and music that is shiny and it's beautiful. It's exactly from that, from that, from from the wounds from the tears from the fight and from the struggle there is always the humor the light the dance and the willing to go on in a full Hopeful and uh, sparkling
0: way. Songs throughout the centuries have been the mirrors of what's happening in the society at that time. You know, if you look at the. In Mexico, do you have the Trovas? And in, in Cuba, you have the Trovas, the Trovadores that yeah. go around with their guitars and sing about what's happened in the next village. That's how people would find out. That was the newspapers or the YouTube. We or have the <laughs> Corridos. In Mexico, we ah. have
1: the Corridos. And there are these songs who are telling the story of what was going on in La Revolución, in the revolution. So that's what, in the Cuban tradition is la trova cubana, los trovadores. Yeah.
0: I love this tradition. I love the the, the 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 old films of the you know these old guys with weather beaten faces, you know, going around and singing to everybody about what's going on. These songs are very much mirrors of what was happening at the times. The folk songs or the more modern songs as well. They're very much that you even have some nueva canciones in there. The the, the more political uh, twists of of getting a message out there. Songs can be so much. But songs are put in us usually by our parents. Did did your parents sing to you when you were when you were little? Where, where did you discover singing?
1: Well, my mother used to sing to me. My grandmother too. My father couldn't sing, uh, but he introduced me to the world of the Beatles. So I'm very grateful because of that. <laughs> but there's, I honestly, I don't remember when it started. This this love for singing. It's you know, it's so oh, but, but songs. in my soul, in mm. my but songs. They, one of the most important artists, composers, and trovadores in my life is Silvio Rodríguez. And uh, there are two songs of Silvio Rodríguez in the album. And I discovered this music He's not only a great composer, he's a great poet. All his songs are full of incredibly high quality poetry. And... I managed to get in contact with him and I asked him if I could record for this album a couple of his songs. And he was absolutely generous, wonderful. The emails we have exchanged are, 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 are just magic for me. Um, I remember I sent him also the two possible endings of the song En Estos Diaz, one where I go down as it as he composed it, as he does it, and one where I go soft into the high note.
0: Did he uh, sing them himself as well? Are there some recordings of him singing them? Oh, well? he sings all yeah, the he time. He's
1: cantautor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he only sings... He's the only one singing his songs. But, I mean, to, of course, the Latin American and Spanish people who listen to this podcast, I don't need to introduce Silvio Rodriguez. He is like Bob Dylan in Latin America. He is, uh, I mean, one of the absolutely most famous singers, composers in the history of of the Spanish-speaking territory everywhere in the world. And so it's, it's for me, a, really a great honor to be able to perform these, these two songs. And so I sent these two endings and he said, oh, you definitely have to go for the high one. And please tell that harpist that he's Exquisite and magnificent. I don't know how he manages to do these things in the harp that I do it in in the guitar. Also, Silvio is an incredible, wonderful guitarist. What what he plays, he's always normally only with guitar, voice, and the poetry. And but the way he plays the guitar is a master of the guitar.
0: But I've heard. I mean, everyone sings his songs. I know he sing he does his own, but every his songs are are done all over uh, Latin absolutely. America. As a, not just where you know from his in his native country, but th- those are two. I must say. Those are two of my favorite ones. Yeah, they, they were absolutely wonderful ones. But in, I have the feeling in Latin America, the tradition of song is is a little bit more profound than. I mean, I I'm just thinking of my young nephew. He sings me Wheels on a Bus, and you know, <laughs> Baba Black Sheep. But even your Happy Birthday song in Mexico is really e- extravagant. What, what what's the name it Las Las magnanitas. And that's yeah. just a. I mean, it's it's incredible music as well. It's not just sort of plasticky things that kids can sing. It's, the whole tradition of songs seems to be very, very rich in Latin America.
1: It is rich and it is very different. You have the tangos in Argentina, you have the corridos and the mariachi in Mexico, you have the charanda, you have, the, I mean, really, a whole bunch of tradition. In Peru, there is a type of songs. In Chile, there's another type of songs. And yet, they all they are all really like brothers and sisters. And I think this is the beauty of this continent. Fernando del Paso, one of my favorite Mexican writers, used to say, you know, we have a homeland, but then we have a big homeland. And so the big homeland is the whole continent. And that's how you feel when I meet my wonderful colleagues from Venezuela or from Brazil or from Chile or from Peru and everywhere in Europe or wherever you meet them, you feel like you're meeting family. You're meeting your brothers and your sisters. And that's very special. I I don't think... I love living in Europe, um, and I feel as well European. Since 20 years I'm here. But that sense of unity through the language does not exist. And it's language and culture, having been conquered mostly by the same country, uh, by Spain, although Portugal, of course, was also there, and we have uh, a Brazilian's beautiful song there, makes that a unifying force, but also creates a necessity of looking for our own identity and i think that's what every latin american country fights for to find our own identity and the music expresses that very clearly and that's why it is so rich the 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 this amount of types of music that you can find what's the name of your mom Margaret. 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 So, when is Margaret, Margarita? Margarita. When is Margarita's uh, birthday? Her birthday is in March. March. So, listen, Margaret, you are listening to the podcast. <laughs> we She's are, passing out right now. <laughs> we are going to, I'm going to sing exactly Las Mañanitas for you for March, okay? And Las Mañanitas goes... Estas son las mañanitas que cantaba el Rey David... Hoy, por ser tu cumpleaños, te las cantamos así. Despierta, Margaret, despierta, mira que ya amaneció. Y a los pajarillos cantan, la luna ya se metió. And that is the short version.
0: Bravo. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And the thing is, if I would say, what's your mom's name? And when's her birthday? What's your mom's name? Silvia. Silvia.
1: Mayo. I yeah. would
0: just go... Happy birthday to you. It's not quite the same, although I wish her, of course, a very happy birthday. For me, the the language and the songs of Latin America are so seductive. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I think we can learn a lot from that over here, even though if you look at these composers, a lot of them were influenced a lot by the European European culture. There's a lot of Spanish rhythms in there. There's the Afro slaves uh, culture of their their music. Um, And they
1: were looking at... European music, of course, they wanted to compose and be regarded as uh you know as important or as serious as the great leader composers in europe yeah it's a wonderful album <laughs> Rolando. So really
0: it's absolutely beautiful do you have a, pers- a personal favorite or are they all like your children you can't you can't say which yeah, one no, I love
1: but you know i I have noticed that by singing it in recitals and um, yeah, I love La Rosa y el Sausa. I, I love La Llorona. I think we enjoy very much, uh, Xavier and I, to perform La Llorona. This
0: is a folk song. But it's like the song from Mexico. La Llorona. La Llorona, that's the, the double The crying N.
1: one, the crier, yes. Uh, but I also love Al Banco Solitario from Soviron. And I think, honestly, I think it sounds much better with harp than with piano and I think she would agree it's it's almost written for for uh, for uh, arp with all these arpeggios beautiful arpeggios and everything and i like to perform that mostly because of the, what the harp is doing <laughs> uh, because i i have less to do there as a singer but these two i enjoy very much really everything la Bikina, i love to sing la Bikina
0: is fantastic i've Stere been singing Stere it all day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an easy one to sing along Kina
1: with la alfonsina y el mar it's a beautiful beautiful song and that is one that i was really looking forward to sing to record and i'm very very happy and proud. Of what we achieve,
0: but it. there are so many more. We yes. need we need a part two. So, and of course, um, Silvio
1: Rodriguez. I mean, you admit, I mean, as I mentioned, performance Silvio Rodriguez is of
0: course singing in your own language. I've often wondered, opera singers sing in all sorts of languages, you know. And 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 my friends who are opera singers have to learn the most incredible. They have to learn Czech, and they have to learn, you know, what, what languages they don't even speak. Mm. Is it is it really relaxing to sing in your own mother tongue? How how is it for a singer to sing in a in a in a language you don't even speak, for example, (laughs) if you had to sing Yanufa or something like that. I mean, I've
1: sung Russian that I don't speak. Of course, there is an enormous difference between a language you don't speak and your mother language, a language you dream in. Even if you speak the language, I mean, I speak French, I speak German, I speak English, but there's no comparison to the feeling one experiences or I experience when I sing in Spanish, where there is a music of the language already intrinsic. There is, uh, you know exactly how to stress this syllable or not in which direction the phrase is going and this is it's very subtle it's little details but those little details and that subtlety is what makes it incredibly different and richer and these are the things that you need to work very hard with a coach with the people who speak the language when you uh, sing in french in italian in even though you speak the languages you still need to work with people who speak them f- not native people you know experts now, the other thing is you have a responsibility with your language, because sometimes because it is your language, you leave the diction a little bit away. You understand perfectly everything you're saying, and then you can go on singing without paying too much attention into the um, the power of the consonants and the vowels. And so you have to integrate that to remember that you are still expressing something, that it's still music, and that there is a way, a different way of saying a poem when you speak it in a different way when you sing it. And so that has to be
0: also in mind. That's fascinating. It really is. And also because as a non-Spanish speaker, I mean, I, I do my best to get by, but I can. my ear tells me that in every Latin American country it sounds really different. The Cubans, no, yeah. they don't have any consonants. Um, the Colombians speak different to the
1: Argentinians. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> there is an accent in every... And we recognize the accents. Did you? Do
0: these accents in the no, songs? My ear no. couldn't tell me that. No, 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 yeah. no. I
1: sing in your in, in Spanish. Your Spanish, and actually, it's an accent. It's the singing accent. It's the singing accent because you don't take away the consonants. You, I sing all the consonants, and then it, it really the only difference in Spanish when you perform is do you use the Spanish from Spain or do you use the Spanish from Latin America, and that's how you pronounce the C when the vowels I and e follow would then in Spanish would be C and in Latin American Spanish would be C without difference to the S. <laughs> and oh I just hit the microphone. And um, such an
0: amateur. I know. <laughs>
1: And no, it's my hands. It's so difficult, and we are have all these security microphones, and then my hands, don't cannot. Speak I wish you, I wish you could see, dear listeners. Me. I wish you could
0: see Rolando. He's such a visual person. His hands just sort of are all around when he's telling stories, which is like what I'm doing right now. But I think you can hear the energy in, in through the microphone. It's it's really infectious, and mm-hmm. it's been great to have you here and and to talk about your wonderful new album, Serenata Latina, with um, Xavier de Maistre. Um, Thank you for bringing this to us, and I hope there'll be a part two because there's about a million other songs for you to choose from.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the collaboration will go on—that's for sure. We enjoy very much performing together, and uh, we already have some Christmas songs for this time. That we—I heard a rumor that that, that,
0: because this is our December (laughs) episode of the international podcast series, and I heard there might be a little Christmas present for some people out there.
1: Absolutely, we recorded some Christmas songs, in particular one I love, "Oh Holy Night." And it's beautiful. And you How, have to sing in English. I have to sing in English, yes. I, I sang also in Latin. We, did, uh, Panis Angel- we have Panis Angelicus, Ave Maria, and another Spanish beautiful song for Christmas. So the collaboration goes on. I'm sure we will uh, discover much more repertoire together. And for now, I am really excited about this album with him. I think we're both very proud of what we were able to put together because it is a great collaboration it is authentic we enjoy performing together and you know you know what what a difference it makes when two people two great people can come together, sing, play, do a great job, it's beautiful. But when these two people also enjoy each other's company and inspire each other, then you go to a different level. It's unbeatable. And that's what is happening. That's what is happening in this podcast. I'm so happy to (laughs) be here with you.
0: (laughs) I'm honoured. But you're not going to get away quite that easy. Now, Rolando, there's always been something called the Horn Challenge. Now, you know, uh, Winter Marsalis, John Williams, everyone's sort of been very good about it. But this was pre-corona time. And in pre-corona time, anyone could have a go on the horn. You know, they'd get a fresh mouthpiece and they'd just go... And as the worse they were, the more we loved them. And, and then I would be <laughs> the one you would love the, the most. <laughs> one day we will get you to do it. Yes. One One day. Um, but for now, I can't, my horn is lying here in the corner, but I can't uh, give it to you to play. So I was thinking of a different sort of challenge. Now, I know that you are a very good cartoonist.
1: <laughs> I love to do cartoons.
0: I know you do. And I was wondering if I could challenge you to draw me a cartoon of my horn, either of you playing it or whatever whatever, and then we'll take a picture of it for the listeners and then they can see it after they listen to this podcast. Absolutely.
1: I accept the you challenge. You accept the challenge. I accept the challenge. Wonderful,
0: yes. dear <laughs> listeners. So you will be seeing this wonderful exclusive, <laughs> exclusive here on the Deutsche Grammophone International Podcast Series a cartoon done by Rolando Villassohn of the horn challenge whatever you see as the horn challenge so we will be bringing that to you so it remains for me to say thank you very no. much <laughs> muchas 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 gra- gracias uh, yeah brava. <laughs> yes, the,
1: now you said it in Latin American Spanish gracias
0: and your holy night oh holy night will be on the musical moments series for the Deutsche Grammophon for a Christmas present Absolutely. and we'll say Merry Christmas to everyone listening
1: Feliz Navidad amigos y amigas uh, in uh, to French please ah uh, Joyeux Noel in Italian. In Italian. Buon um, Natale a tutti il mondo. English. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. What else do we and have? a Happy New Year. We have uh, Feliz Navidad. We have... Snovum
0: uh, Gordon in Russian.
1: Uh, that I didn't know. Nazarovia. Nazarovia.
0: <laughs> in Japanese, I really don't know. But anyway, we wish everyone Happy Christmas. If you're listening to this podcast and it's not December, we wish you a happy day wherever you are. Uh. See. <laughs> Eh, bon Natale to todo el mundo,
1: Joyeux Noël to el mundo, Feliz Navidad a todo el mundo, Merry Christmas to everybody und natürlich frohe Weihnachten, frohe Weihnachten. natürlich course. frohe Weihnachten, wir of haben Deutsch vergessen, was ist denn los, <lacht> liebe Amigos y Amigos aus Deutschland. Frohe Weihnachten
0: Rolando, you're a legend it's wonderful to sit opposite you even though it's a little bit further away in Corona yeah. times as I would like but we hope to have you back here very soon congratulations for all you do you're a gift for our world Ah, thank you, you too thank you so much and thank you
1: for having me here
0: dear listeners, see you next time on the international podcast series here with Deutsche Grammophon I'm Sarah Willis and I wish you all the very best